Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our fourth and I believe final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for June 18th, 2011. And this is kind of like a double study today. We're, we're going to um, be out of town next week, so um, we'll continue the week after that, Lord willing. And uh, this will be a good four-hour four hour plus study today. Um, and again, we're continuing the study on the UFOs and the aliens, the the ramping up of things regarding that whole deceptive agenda. So, let's continue further. A contemporary gathering of intellectuals was convened in a five-day conference at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. It began on June 13, 1992, and was co-chaired by MIT physicist David E. Pritchard and Harvard psychiatrist John E. Mack. A prominent presenter at the conference was Dr. David M. Jacobs, Associate Professor of the Temple of of History at Temple University. The conference was documented in the 1995 book called Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, Alien Abductions, UFOs, and the Conference at MIT, and was authored by C.D.B. Bryan. By way of introduction, he writes, quote, The central focus of the alien abduction program is, according to Jacobs, the collection of human eggs and sperm. He, like his mentor, the New York artist and abduction phenomenon author Bud Hopkins, supports the most sinister explanations for the aliens' presence among us. And they are, as Hopkins wrote in his book, Intruders, engaged in an ongoing genetic study, and the human species itself is the subject of this breeding experiment. Well, just like it was in Genesis 6. Same agenda. Now, what I do is I give you Two teachings I've done on this subject, UFOs, Aliens, Fallen Angels, Nephilim, and the Days of Noah, and Strong Delusion. I think I've probably given that like three times in the Grenada Treaty. And so, again, a lot of other studies I've done with PDFs on their own to back up what we're saying. The conference co-chairman, Johnny Mack, had previously written a note of introduction about Jacobs. The idea that men and women and children can be taken against their will from their homes, cars, and schoolyards by strange humanoid beings lifted onto a spacecraft and subjected to intrusive and threatening procedures is so terrifying and yet so shattering to our notions of what is possible in our universe that the actuality of the phenomenon has largely been rejected out of hand or bizarrely distorted in most media accounts. This is altogether understandable given the disturbing nature of UFO abductions and our prevailing notions of reality. The fact remains, however, that for 30 years and possibly longer, thousands of individuals who appear to be sincere and of sound mind and who are seeking no personal benefit from their stories have been providing to those who will listen consistent reports of precisely such events. Like I said, are they all crazy? Are all these millions of people claiming abduction, they're all nuts? What do they have to gain? Attention? And, and they all have the same story, basically? I don't think so. Population surveys suggest that hundreds of thousands and possibly more than a million persons in the United States alone may be abductees or experiencers as they are sometimes called. Now, I give you the link here to CE4 Research, uh, which they've done research on 350, about 350 uh, so-called cases of alien abduction experience. What they have found is that the people who will cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ during these abduction scenarios, every 
single time they do this, the abduction scenario stops. Now, I don't believe this would work if you cried out to, like, the Ascended Master, fake, false, Sananda Manuel, Master Jesus one, okay? You have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that he can deliver you out of a particular situation. But it is the only thing that has ever been proven over and over and over again to consistently stop an abduction scenario. Why? It's because the Lord Jesus Christ obviously has authority over them. And they're terrified. I've heard it being described as when you do this, it's like throwing hot battery acid on them. Okay? So that shows you where the real power actually exists. And they've done... um, They've done multiple amount of research in this particular area and documented these cases. Okay, Now, whenever I, I reference a particular ministry or whatever, it doesn't mean that I agree with every bit of their theology. Okay, Because there's no way you can know everything about a given ministry's theology. But I'm just saying, in this particular vein, they've done a lot of research and it's where they focus their work. Uh, Joe Jordan, who's been on my email list for a long time, uh, he has a presentation, I believe you can watch on the website, or you can go up to YouTube, and it's called The Unwanted Piece of the Puzzle. So just key in Joe Jordan, The Unwanted Piece of the Puzzle. And he brings out people, and I believe he's lecturing in Roswell, you know, at those, that convention they got out there every year. And he brings out people who, you know, have done this, called out to the Lord Jesus Christ, the abduction scenario stops, but for some reason... These, the UFO community, and it's demons, it's devils that have deluded these people, they don't want anything to do with it. It's like they're, they're, all these people, they're so desperate to, get to, to stop getting abducted. You know, they would just do anything to stop getting abducted other than call upon the true and living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. I, have, I remember I emailed one lady that was, wrote a thing you know, about that, and... and you know, she she didn't want anything to do with that. That remedy. It's like any remedy but that. I'll wear a tinfoil hat. I'll burn. I'll sit in a lotus position and spit marbles out of my mouth. Contemplate my belly button. Do whatever I got to do to not get abducted. But I won't do that. I wonder who's influencing them to, to not call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Could it be the demons that are possessing them? Because most of these people that are abducted... Many, many times they have a deep history in the occult. They've opened doors. Or maybe they've got a lot of cursed objects in their house. Maybe, you know, who knows what. Maybe there's generational curses involved. But they've opened doors, maybe either knowingly or unknowingly, and it's allowed these things to happen to them. But the remedy's so easy. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Alpha, the Omega, the First and the Last. But they don't, most of the time they want nothing to do with it. That's why he calls the lecture the unwanted piece of the puzzle. Because they don't want it. Even though it's the remedies right there. And obviously, you know, it's not really well known, but it's true. So going further, looking into this phenomenon for the first time, a Christian is likely to have a sense of revulsion. Even a discernment of something basically unclean. The procedures being performed upon untold thousands of hapless victims are routinely violated, desecrated, and tortured. More than that, they seem to be lavishly abused. I mean, these these devils, you, you get taken on board one of these ships or whatever they're doing, uh, it's about as horrific of a thing as you could ever imagine. 
Investigators note that the first stage of an abduction is a physical examination as victims are probed, flexed, and palpated. Tissue samples are taken without anesthesia. Implants are inserted also also without the benefits of anesthesia. Thus, it involves... This often involves a small bat-like insert on the end of a thin rod. This is most often inserted into the nose. Victims will then hear a crunching sound as it penetrates the bone, um, and then the long rod is withdrawn and the ball is missing. They're putting implants way up into the brain where you just can't go up there and get them out. And they're doing it so they're inflicting maximum tear and pain on the individual. Just goes to show you how evil these devils are. Now, next part, parental warning, okay, for the next couple paragraphs, because I'm going to mention a couple things that uh, you probably don't want your children to hear, okay? So, parental warning on this one. These procedures are often performed by the tiny greys, like these drones, but the tall greys, which are the tall, taller ones, uh, carrying out carry an air of authority, are reported to be in charge. It's very, very common. Okay, These beings can stare into the victim's eyes and are apparently capable of inducing any emotional emotion or state of mind that they desire, including involuntary sexual arousal used during their breeding and hybridization procedures. Brian writes, quote, when mind scan is completed, when, in other words, when they scan your mind, when it's completed, or sexual arousal is at its peak, Jacobs continues, the tall gray alien being immediately commences a set of gynecological procedures designed to collect and implant eggs or urological procedures to remove sperm. The women feel that something is being put in them. They are told, now you are pregnant. They wake up the next morning and actually feel pregnant. They test positive for pregnancy. It doesn't make any sense, but they usually are abducted again and then are told, we're taking it out now. It's time now. They feel that something is being removed from them, that they are no, and then they're no longer pregnant. Jacob reports there's a very strong anecdotal evidence to support this. Yeah, like millions of people being abducted. Okay, um, end of parental warning. Um, in the 1992 book, Secret Life, Dr. Jacob's Utilize scholarly methods to document UFO abduction accounts. In an introductory note, he writes, The book is based on testimony of some 60 individuals with whom I have explored more than 300 abduction experiences. And it includes transcripts or accounts of my interviews with more than 20 of them. In this phenomenon, there is no shortage of subjects, he writes. An unpublished survey that I conducted of more than 1,200 students at Temple University who have answered a written questionnaire suggests that as many as 5.5% of them have potentially had abduction experiences. Similarly, a study done of 275 respondents to a magazine survey searching for potential abductees came with a 6%. Projecting that number to the population as a whole yields as many as 15 million people in the United States who might have had abduction experiences. 15 million just in the U.S. alone. And they're all being indoctrinated, brainwashed, mind scanned, implanted with evil. I mean,. This is a gigantic problem. And really, the reality is, is 
Christians are the only one that really have a remedy to help these people. Born-again Bible-believing Christians who would know this information would really be the only ones. I mean, that could, that could point them in the right direction. For the last decade and a half, the counseling groups have been organized to bring aid and comfort to those who have had this unfortunate experience. There's, there's, whole, there's whole support groups for people that have been abducted. There are hundreds of such groups hosting group meetings with thousands of, of participants. Jacob witnesses... Jacob's witnesses were taken from all over the U.S. and had no opportunity to even consult each other. What did the aliens want? Dr. Jacob concludes that, quote, they want to use the ability humans have to recreate themselves. They want human sperm and eggs. They want human physical involvement with the offspring. They want complete knowledge of the reproductive areas of human life. They also want knowledge of our mental and non-reproductive physiological processes. With mind scan and other mental procedures, they might also want knowledge of how humans function within society. According to Dr. Jacobs, however, they do not want human advice. They never reveal anything about their true origins or their motivations. They seem to have a fervency of purpose, but no one is yet discerned, has yet discerned for sure what it is. They pretend to be from the other locations in the universe, but much evidence um, suggests that Earth is their actual homeworld. Like the good angels, they can remain invisible until it suits their purposes to do otherwise. So in other words, to a certain extent, some of them, I believe, can go from one dimension to another, like a good angel could do. They could appear in your dimension to you and then dematerialize into another dimension. I'm not saying all can do that, but I'm saying I do believe it's been seen enough accounts of this where where a, a majority can do that. Among Dr. Jacob's close confidants is another highly respected man, an academic at Harvard University, named John, Dr. John E. Mack. He's an MD. He is a man of impeccable credentials. One should therefore sit up and take notice when he publishes a scholarly book entitled simply Abduction. Published in 1994, it is subtitled, quote, Human Encounters with Aliens, and postulates that the Earth is now under a strange threat from an alien force. His book is based upon the study of 13 of his clients, none of whose experiences are attributable to mental illness. His lengthy study concludes in a description of what he calls the hybrid program. He writes, The pioneering work of Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs has shown what is amply corroborated in my cases, namely that the abduction phenomenon is is in some central way involved in the breeding program that resulted in the creation of alien human hybrid offspring. These are some pretty heavy hitters saying this stuff here. He writes, quote, My own impression is that we may be witnessing something far more complex, namely an awkward joining of two species, engineered by an intelligence we are unable to fathom. I base this view on evidence presented by the abductees themselves. Um, Going further, this being the case, why don't the aliens simply land on the White House lawn and take over? Now, this is the guy talking, not the doctor. Dr. Mack answers this question by saying that, in his experience, this isn't the way they think of their method. He says, it is subtler, and its method is is to invite, to remind, to permeate our culture from the bottom up as well as from the top down, and to open our consciousness in a way that avoids a conclusion that is different from the ways that we 
we traditionally require. It is an intelligence that provides enough evidence that something profoundly important is at work, but it does not offer the kinds of proof that would satisfy an exclusively empirical, rationalistic way of knowing. It is for us to embrace the reality of the phenomenon and to take a step toward appreciating that we live in a universe different from the one in which we were taught to believe. Well, that's just garbage propaganda that he's buying into. Dr. Mack writes from a secular viewpoint, obviously, and that assumes no particular spiritual reality. But as a researcher and a documentarian, he is nonetheless acquiring a particular view of universal reality that these aliens are imparting. And it is the aliens that are systematically giving it to him. Dare we suggest that he and millions of other abductees are the victims of this same propaganda? Which is going to play a big part in the coming deception, the coming New World Order? We would in fact even go further by saying it is satanic propaganda. By 1998, when Dr. Jacobs has had completed a great deal more study, he published The Threat. It's called The Threat. The title of his book says it all. He now totally is convinced that aliens are a dark force among humanity. See, before he wasn't. But after he'd done more years of research, he's like, yeah, no, this is bad. His work is based on 700 plus interviews with alien abductees. Also, he references a Roper study of 6,000 adults. As a tenured associate professor of history at one of the nation's most esteemed universities, his voice carries much weight. His book displays a relentless logic and complexity that would require much more space than we have time here to go into. Suffice it to say, he is powerfully, he powerfully makes his point. It is important to stress that his pr- perspective is secular, academic, and intellectual. He doesn't write with a spiritual view. Christians, however, are forced to analyze his work through the lens of scripture. His conclusions demand some form of biblical response. The latest book concludes that the alien threat is fourfold. Number one, abduction, in which victims are selected with great care and secrecy. These victims aren't just randomly selected either. They seem to have certain genetic and or probably demonic profiles that meet the criteria of these deceiving little devils. Uh, Number two, a breeding program in which aliens collect human sperm and eggs, alter, genetically alter the fertilized embryo, incubate fetuses in human hosts, and make humans mentally and physically interact with the offspring for proper hybrid development. Following this, this is number three, there is a hybridization program in which the aliens genetically alter and inbreed humans over generations, giving them a more human appearance. Finally, there is an integration program, apparently to prepare abductees for some future event or events. Dr. Jacob describes this phase as follows. Eventually, the hybrids, or the aliens themselves, integrate themselves into human society and assume control. He observes that some of them have already completed this phase. Apparently, they are undetectable. How do you like that? Can you, can, can you wrap your head around that one? Hey, Satan's the master deceiver. I'm just telling you, don't be surprised at what might be presented when disclosure happens. 
I mean, could that be why maybe some of these people that run the show, seem to run the show, seem to have no conscience whatsoever, seem to be totally and purely evil? Are they already integrated into our society to a certain extent? Were, okay, let's look at Genesis 6. Were they integrated into that society? They ruled over that society, these giants. You think they, they answered to bow down to any human? They ruled it. The fallen angels were above them, they were, but that was their offspring. From a physical standpoint, the giants ruled over man. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, shouldn't we be expecting some type of integration in the society of these hybrids, just like it was in the days of Noah? I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I just I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't put anything past Satan. Going further, based on his observations, he concludes that their stunning goal is not far in the future. In other words, he sees them as having almost completed the series of accomplishments necessary to achieve their final expectation. The alien plan involves a soon-coming world transformation in the culture of our world. They refer to it as, quote, the change, often giving their victims the impression that it will suddenly come around the turn of the millennium. Well, well they're way off on that. One of the abductees was told that it would happen around 1999. Well, my, I, I put a comment in here and said, wow, another failed timetable by Satan. What, like 1984, George Orwell's book, which was literally supposed to be how it was supposed to be in 1984, their plan? Didn't quite happen. See, Satan has his timeline, the Lord Jesus Christ has his. Another was told that it would be very, very soon. Still another was informed that there would be no necessity to continue national governments. There, there will be a one, one system and one goal. What, like the New World Order? Like the coming one world government? Yeah, exactly like that. That's why I'm, that's why I'm saying this deception is part of that whole deception that we're moving into. And it's going to be a big part, I believe. Every Christian should find terminology quite familiar. Students of Bible prophecy have been talking about such events for many years. We are well familiar with a global government led by the son of perdition. Okay, so, as we and others have often pointed out, the UFO phenomenon has evolved through many forms since the initial coming out of Kenneth Arnold's 1947 sighting of flying saucers. In the 1950s, there was a rash of cheap books, movies, and the theme, Flying Saucers Have Landed, there were contacts with Venusians, Martians, invisible beings from the center of the earth, contactees such as George Adamski, George Van Tassel, Truman Bethram, and Gary Barker established a kind of kookiness that debunked the phenomenon. But at the same time, the public consciousness of it continued to grow as it does today. The flaky 50s gave way to the solidifying 60s. Observed cases became less fleeting and more substantial. Daylight discs and nocturnal lights gave way to proliferation of UFO landing cases. To use the old phrase, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. In this century, humanity has been subjected to the propaganda parade. From 1947, and that's again why I'm partly why I do these studies, to try to undo a lot of the garbage propaganda that we have been fed by the secular media, because all you're going to get is either 
outright lies or half-truths. And the Bible says that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Okay, so a little bit of bad doctrine or a little bit of lies will tend to leaven the whole lump, meaning yeast, a little bit of yeast leavens the whole, it doesn't take a lot. Going further here, uh, let's see here. As the 20th century perceptions have shifted, their identities have shifted to meet certain social expectations. Uh, at the dawn of our atomic age, they were said, they were here, they said they were here to save mankind from the hideous extinction by fire and radiation. With the birth of the environmental movement, they suddenly told their victims that they were here to save mankind from cataclysmic catastrophe. These days, they present no excuse. They simply go about their work that has apparently underlined their comings and goings for many years. It appears that they are engaged in the sorry business of stealing the human birthright. Such work is intrinsically impure, base, and immoral. What, what they can't create, they are most willing to corrupt. They have done it before, and according to the words of the Lord himself, they will try to do it again. Who are they? They are the master propagandists, Satan and his fallen angels and their demonic followers. Over the centuries of man's existence, they have posed as various demigods, superhumans, human-animal aberrations, fish gods, forest gods, tree gods, bird gods. You got the fairies, you got the trolls, you got all of these whatever. They're just satanic counterfeits. <clears throat> and they are willing to take on any form that will be accepted by the society of the day. That's a very important point regarding this whole study that we're doing. So, to recap things, we're just going to recap things here and then we're, we're done. Now, they are spacemen coming here to save mankind. Now, in other words, today. We've seen what they've posed as in the past. Now they're spacemen coming to save mankind. But in reality, they are dark overlords in service of Satan. Come forth to corrupt mankind, producing a race of pseudo-humans who can represent them in this dimension. In other words, if they come looking like humans, like they do in the V series, like they've done in other sci-fi series, then it's more palatable. Well, hey, they, just, they look just like you and me. They can't be all that bad, you know, that type of deal. Okay, so they did this before, and it is described in Genesis 6, 4 through 6, which we've already read. Commentators too numerous to mention have seen in this passage the miserable story of humanity corrupted by dark forces of spiritual wickedness in the heavens. They broke God's law by descending into this dimension to mate with humans, producing a mutant race called giants. These were the Nephilim, Hebrew for the fallen ones. They were unclean and genetically corrupt creatures whose total preoccupation was evil in all imaginable forms. And they're no different now. God determined that they were irredeemable and they had to be destroyed. But as the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God, according to Genesis 6, 8, and 9. Quite simply, the righteous Noah and his family had escaped the filth dumped upon mankind by the intruders from on high. Noah was generationally, genealogically, and genetically uncorrupted. This is why I'm saying, be real I'm real, real big on 
no, 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 no on the vaccinations. I don't know what kind of garbage they're putting in there, but I know they're using corrupt DNA. I don't know what type of DNA they're even using. You nor I know that. But I've done enough teachings on the vaccinations to know that they are cursed. Not something I'd mess around with. I'm, you know, I'm just saying if it were me. Let's go further here. The Lord brought him through the judgment flood by by starting to start a new race. I mean, the world was so corrupted, he had to start over. Our Lord prophesied that this horrifying scenario would once again break forth again in the latter days. But of that, um, but as no, but as as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. For and then the next verse: For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also be the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew 24, 36-39. Here, Jesus is clearly speaking of the future judgment, the tribulation, the second coming, and certainly events that will surround it. He says that his coming will happen at a time when social conditions will resemble those plagued in the days of Noah. From Genesis 6, we know and discern that these will include the invasion of dark forces um, from the heavens. It is premature, not from heaven, but from the heavens. It is premature to say that this is already is it is it premature to say that this has already begun to happen? And if so, does it not tell us that the end time events are very, very close? The UFO abduction phenomenon is only a mask for fallen angels who have departed from their natural domain to engage in the filthy work of creating an alternate race that will act as their proxies. UFO researchers deduce that they are trying to genetically produce versions of themselves that will be able to function in this environment. But this logically, but but this logically uh, doesn't fit what we know to be true about mankind. Man was created by God, not aliens from outer space. Satan attempted to thwart God's redemptive purpose in the Garden of Eden. Later, his servants succeeded in corrupting nearly the entire human race. Satan, the liar, is recognizable in the lying activities of the quote space brothers in their UFOs. First they claim to be one thing, then another. But all along their motive is to destroy humanity before it can be redeemed by God. Satan has many servants. As Jesus told the Pharisees, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. John 8.44 The devil's chief method is the lie. In the current UFO abduction activity, we can recognize it once again. Hybrid human aliens are nothing more or less than the corrupt progeny of the fallen angelic host. For over 5,000 years, their method has not changed. Now, as then, they pry into the forbidden areas of human procreation. Lasciviousness and power-hungry, they seek to set up their own race and their own province of control. But only in the last 50 years have their activities acquired a speed and purpose that tells us what time it is, prophetically speaking. The program of the Antichrist is almost in place. End of the article. And I give you the, the link there to that whole article as well. So, we brought up some things today we never talked about before, but I do believe they're pertinent to the day and times we're moving into. Things are heating, they're amping up. And uh, we just needed to, to, uh, you know, 
have this type of information in order that when these deceptions fully come about and fully appear, and then at that time, there's a good chance we might not have access to this type of information anymore. We're going to be educated okay, on this. We're not going to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're going to be able to reach out and help other people regarding this particular deception and form them. So, that's all we have for today, and um, we'll go ahead and close out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. Lord God, I praise you for your goodness and your mercy for letting us come together once again, Lord God, to go over this type of information. I pray, Lord God, that you would use it mightily for your glory, that you would use the body of Christ, my listeners, this ministry, all the ministries that are preaching your word, your truth, Lord God, mightily for your glory, that many souls would be saved as a result of what you would do through us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, through your angelic host, Lord God. We praise you, we thank you. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And I pray uh, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you would convict us of what we need to pray about regarding these matters, that we would do what we need to do regarding these matters that are set before us, that you would use us mightily in the days and times to come. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.